Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. Uh, I am Scott Schweitzer. I'm your host, along with my co-host, Kat Shear, And we have what I think is the grittiest athlete I've ever seen in CrossFit, Nick Matthew, with us today. What's going Hi, on, Nick? Not, not too much. Thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, um, I, we got to know you last year at Granite Games. Um, got to see you out there on the floor, giving it all you got on every event, which was so cool. And then saw that kind of repeat this year. Um, that's your hometown. That's your home field advantage. Mm -hmm. uh, what's it like to be able to do that two years in a row? Uh, just being down there in Minnesota is amazing. Um, we have a huge community of people here at the gym that came down and followed us over there. I've been to a bunch of just different gyms throughout my journey in general in CrossFit anyway, and have kind of made connections and friends like throughout the whole time too. And it was just great to have everybody able to come out and have fun and enjoy those moments with us. Speaking, speaking like of moments, oh. how, how nice would it be to actually have a moment at a Granite Games where yeah. you know at the end of the event that you're going to the CrossFit Games? For sure. That would be, uh, that would be so great. Um, <laughs> missed it the first year by three points. Missed it the second year by 10 points. Um, yeah, it's unreal. Um, this, this next year will be a complete different story, though. Yeah, we hope so. Mm -hmm. um, what's it like? Do you prefer it being outdoors? Because Granite Games is the only one that is outdoors. Everything else is inside. Honestly, I feel like I perform better in the heat a little bit. I think that kind of helps me a little bit because it doesn't really, I don't really get affected too much by that. I mean, the first year at Granite Games, it was insanely hot. Um, last year, we got much better weather, but it still ended up being a little hot out there on the field. Either way, though, I'm... I, Love working out outside. So, how much does the turf uh, play into your strategy, or how you train, or how you perform that day? Um, I should say. I feel like they've done pretty good with when we have like barbell movements and things like that. There's not too much of an issue with the turf because they have the mats down and how all that works. Um, yeah, I don't think it made too much, too much of an adjustment. How about what? Sorry. Nothing, like handstand walks? Handstand walks were a little bit different. I've done them on turf. We had turf here at the gym for the longest time. So it's it, kind of like just doing it in grass. Nothing too crazy. Yeah. Although on the handstand walk and thruster workout this last time, my forearms blew up so much and I couldn't really like open my hand. It did kept getting snagged on the turf a little bit when I was trying to walk. So that kept it a little exciting. Yeah. So you finished sixth place in the last two years that moved up to fifth because of another situation. But when we watch you, you're always fighting for every point you can possibly get. It's throw your body across the finish line any way possible. It's do anything you can to get every little point. Do you think that that has trained you well going into the rest of your career to fight for every point? Uh, for sure. And that's kind of something that me and my coach have worked on a lot too, is 
yeah, the workouts are going to hurt, but nobody's, nobody's going to give me any points. Nobody's just going to let me sneak on through and get the next placing up. Like I've had to do a lot of work with, I mean, the first year with uh, the Granite Games, I stuck the wrong leg over the finish line. So there was like a big mental note of, okay, whatever leg my chip timer is on, like that's the leg that's going over for sure, like 100%. And that has saved me a couple of times throughout this season. Um, going in Granite Games, try to, I had a, a, like a slide reel going on trying to get over that finish line. And yeah, I think there's just diff- different things I've learned throughout the process to kind of keep me, keep me going in there fighting for those points. So you're in Minnesota. You, you grew up there, correct? Mm-hmm. You're, you're competing at Granite Games, home field advantage, and you keep just missing each year. Does that do anything to your confidence when two years in a row you just barely miss, like on your home turf in your home state? Um, I don't know if it necessarily the home turf, home state had too much of an effect of that. I mean, it did suck having like all our friends and family and everybody came out, everybody that's cheering me on all the years with, and they're like tuning in and watching the event and stuff. Like it did, it did hurt a little bit, like not being able to make it and, I think it stung more the first year of Granite Games, losing by those three points. And I guess the point difference isn't the biggest matter there, but um, that one did affect my confidence a little bit. And afterwards, I kind of went into last chance qualifier, still believing like, oh my God, all these other athletes, like just big names in the sport, perennial games athletes. And I'd look ahead at them and kind of talk myself out of, oh, I don't have a shot. And that kind of happened a lot more last year. This year, I, right after Granite Games, I was like, okay, we're going to keep training. We're going to take a couple days off, but we're going to get right back into it and just give the last chance qualifier the best shot that I could. And worst come, like the worst thing that could happen is I not made it, and then I'd already be training for the next season to come anyway. So kind of worked on my mindset and put a po- positive spin on it regardless this year. So last chance qualifier is done in your home gym. Mm-hmm. You did. You just barely missed through the last chance qualifier. Yep. How many people were there in your gym cheering you on during that weekend? Um, I had a couple. Of my go-to guys uh, that do my judging and and help me like measure the taping on the floor and all that stuff. I had my main guys there, and then a bunch of all the other members just kind of came to cheer on. I'd say maybe ten max. I don't like huge crowds when I'm doing like online online qualifiers and things like that just because I try to be a little bit more just present with my performance and just comfortable in the gym versus treating it like a big, crazy competition with everybody yelling and screaming, go faster and don't put it down. And yeah. Well, the reason I ask that is when you eventually got the call or the email that said, Hey, you're going to the games, you showed up with a contingent of people in Madison. Mm Mm-hmm. We had a great Yep. Huge, huge in the Coliseum, and you had spillover in the beer garden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People that could get Coliseum tickets, and then those that couldn't, and yeah, it was great. It was huge, and they were in neon yellow, just to make sure everybody knew who they were. Yep. It was it was awesome. Yeah, they really came together last minute at the gym, and um, like the goal was, okay, we make it to the games. I was going to do just like all the other games athletes do and do like a t-shirt fundraiser and things to help kind of fund the weekend. And 
behind my back, they all came together. And without doing any of that, they just put a little fundraiser on themselves and gave me a big surprise after one of the nights that I was coaching. And then one of our other coaches, she made the shirts and she made like a hundred copies. And she was like, we're just paying for them. We're giving them out for free, bring some to the games, give them out to other people. And just, yeah, it was, we got a great community over here. So you finally make it to the games, you get that email. What's going through your head when you realize you get your shot? Honestly, I think a little bit, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think a little bit was kind of, I don't know about like, I kind of talked to my coach about this too, was it felt like there was a little bit missing. Um, and I think it was kind of from that Granite Games and like from like last chance qualifier and not like officially making it and kind of just getting the call when I was at the gym cleaning one day. Um, what was the other part of your question? Sorry, it was. <laughs> no, I think I did this to you in the interview too. So what? So what was your reaction when you finally got the the opportunity? So I mean, reaction when I finally got on the floor, I I took it in. Like our first event was the bike and the toes to bar and chest to bar, and I stood out on the field and I kind of like looked, just looked around a little bit. Just wow, I've been watching this for the last seven years, and I mean. Ultimately, CrossFit, the CrossFit Games was the original reason I got into CrossFit. It wasn't for affiliates. It wasn't for group fitness. It wasn't for anything like that. It was just solely set on making it to the games. And so during a couple of the events, I took it in, sat there at the start line, and just kind of looked around at the crowd and the field and got kind of the feeling of it. And then um, ultimately just gave it my best effort as soon as, as, soon as that buzzer went off. Was there ever a moment where you said to yourself, do I belong? Constantly. Done that over the years at every sanctional, every qualifier, every competition. And that's been one of my biggest learning curves is over the last year, two years, like I can beat some, I can beat these guys in workouts. I can hang with the best and just carrying that over during my off season and knowing that the work that I'm doing is is going to pay off. It is the right direction. It is what I'm doing and just kind of trusting the process. And as soon as competition day comes, it's full head of steam. At what point during the games did you realize that you did belong? I would say, I mean, the first, the, the speed medley, obviously the win was, I was ecstatic about, but I think it was the next workout, Elizabeth that it was the elevated Elizabeth, that it was just a traditional CrossFit workout. And it wasn't something that had a super high specific skill demand, or it wasn't just lifting a heavy barbell or anything like that. And it was actually like a true CrossFit workout. And I think I took ninth in that workout overall. And um, I think that's just kind of what did it for me. It was like, okay, I do belong like full new boat of confidence and um, carried that just throughout with me the entire weekend. Had you ever traversed on uh, on the parallel bars before? Yeah, just some playground shenanigans, ultimately. Like, yeah. I've played at parks. Like, I used to run free workouts at different parks, and we'd use pull-up, like, the monkey bars and stuff like that for pull-ups. And, I mean, taking my daughter to the park and playing on things, just, just kind of having fun and playing with that stuff. See it in gymnastics all the time, and, yeah, it's just – just a fun little twist on some training. 
So uh, Amy's asking about the skill speed medley. And so. <laughs> oh, like the LSIT press? The whole the thing, whole, I the think, whole is what you want. The thing <laughs> that you won, right? So you start, you start very simplified, right? Round yeah. one. Yeah. And you have to make it through that cut first. Mm -hmm. uh, you do that. That's some single unders. That's regular pegboards. That's mm -hmm. you're still doing the 10, 10 pistol and then just a regular handstand walk. Mm -hmm. And then, and then it keeps elevating every five or every, uh, down to, what is it? 20? It went 40 to 20 to five. To five, yeah, something like so, that. So at any point, did you think that you weren't going to make the final five? At first, no. I I mean, I was just talking with my coach, and I was like, you know, I think I think I can win this one. And I was just kind of like throwing it out there and just basically up until this point, my issue has been looking at everybody else's lane, looking at what other athletes are doing, how far ahead are they of me, are they going unbroken, am I not going unbroken, and just kind of paying too much attention on that stuff. Um and this was a workout in specific where you couldn't do that because if you were worried about everybody else, it was so like technical and detailed that one miss on the hole of the pegboard and I fall down, boom, I'm out of the top 20. Or one miss on my single unders or one trip up on a pistol like, and you're out. Um, so basically going into that workout, I was like, okay, I got to focus on every little thing that I do to make it as efficient as possible and make sure that I just get it done the first try and don't have a mistake. Um, so I just went about that and going from that to the pirouettes to the crossover double unders, it was just that the whole way through. So looking at all of the different and new things that popped up in that skill speed medley, what was the one thing you were most worried about? I honestly, I think the first round was what I was worried about because the first round was everybody can do regular pegboards. Everybody can do single unders for the most part. Well, like, well, we thought. Well, we thought. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely did prove to be a challenge for some people, but it was just having the speed. Everybody can walk over the handstand obstacle now. Like It was just get through that first round, and when I found that I got through that first round, um, I've done legless pegboards before. I've done pirouettes on my hands. I've done, I mean, double unders and handstand walk. Like That was all. The second round, I feel like the most confidence and then, yeah, the third round, the only thing that was really new was those crossover double unders and practiced them in the back and kind of got them right away and was able to adapt and just, again, focus on the details when I was out there. Don't get sucked into other people's race and just go. Did you have any idea going into that last round that, like, you could take it based on what you had seen in the warm-up area or you know, knowing who you were up against? I didn't know how anybody else was going to do in that. Um, we weren't really looking around too much in the warm-up area. I knew that I could do the strict pegboard. I knew that wasn't going to be an issue. I knew that I, I had the ability to do the crossover double-unders. And then I knew in my head if I could press up on the handstand the first one, I was going to be able to walk across the beams no problem. And basically what happened was as soon as I got those crossover dubs done and I noticed that I was the first one out there, I was like, I can win this thing. And then... As soon as I went from my L sit and pressed up into the handstand, I knew it. I was like, wow, this is this is the first event I won at the CrossFit Games. And then I continued to shimmy across the beams and finish it out. So very cool. Yeah. It was so it Amy was, was cool. asking 
it, was, it, was this the event that made you feel like you were belong you belonged but you said that wasn't until the next event yeah. was it because you knew you were good at these skills and you needed to move to something else that maybe you weren't as good at to know you belonged uh yes and something like elizabeth where it was moderate weight barbell cycling um and just traditional a traditional crossfit metcon i feel like those are kind of my weaknesses believe it or not crossfit's my weakness <laughs> um, I feel like I have no problems lifting a heavy bar. I have no problems doing like a long mono piece. I have no problems apparently with the high skill gymnastics ad adapt to new movements kind of thing. But just a traditional CrossFit wad was the most that I was nervous for. And when I took ninth in that one, I just I was ecstatic, and that kind of gave me a huge boost of confidence going for the rest of the weekend. So we have to talk about your other win and, and that is the sandbag. And I will have to say that you and Jacqueline Dahlstrom were the two wow moments for me um, in that, in that event. Yeah. She you did are smaller in stature than most of the men that made it to the end. You are smaller in stature than all of the men <laughs> who made it to the end. Um, and the same with her on the women's side. Mm -hmm. And you hung with those big guys on that sandbag. Did you get any training in strongman before you went? Was it one of those things where you just adapted in the moment and that's just what you're good at? Yeah, I had, I mean, I've done strongman things in the past, not like official events, not working with coaches or anything like that. It was just picking up a heavy sandbag at the gym. The most I've ever lifted was 250 pounds before that. So that was kind of just new in general going throughout the whole event. And basically my thought process in the back was like, okay, I can lift the 250 for reps in a wad and it's only 10 pound increments. So we're going to figure out like only 10 pounds isn't that big of a jump. So it was kind of just new going all the way up. But my beginnings before CrossFit was powerlifting, bodybuilding, just lifting to get big, lifting to get strong just in the gym. And when I came into CrossFit, I had already kind of that prerequisite strength to be able to like lift the numbers. So then it was just, that was just the bread and butter. Love throwing around some heavy weights. It, it was obvious you did. And then when it became speed with a lot lighter weight, mm -hmm. it was, it was just your game to, to get there. Yeah. So, it, it was same thing with that, uh, the chip timer on my foot, like he beat me up on the platform, but I stuck my left foot across at the same time he finally got his leg across and we pulled out that two tenths of a second tie or whatever it was. Yeah, that that's unreal to tie in that thing after all that, what one of the longest events ever in CrossFit. Yeah, because you guys broke the test, you know, and they had to bring out another bag. For and sure. then you then it comes down to a an exact to the hundreds of a second tie. Mm hmm. And I didn't have my glasses on, so I couldn't really see up on the board. I was trying to like sit there and squint to see how close mine and Guy's time was, and I couldn't make out the numbers. And he came over to me and told me that it was exactly the same. And I was like, Oh my god, what are the odds of that? So you get two trophies. Do you have them displayed anywhere? Do you have plans to display them anywhere? I have plans to make like a little shadow box at home, hang it up on the wall with the rookie of the year belt. And I'm going to hang up my, my cropped jersey, the first one. 
Um, I don't know, put other things in there, the jump rope that I used, maybe the grips that I used, and uh, the shoes that I wore, because I got a lot of pairs of shoes now. <laughs> did, um, did Noble give you any uh, any flack for cutting the shirts? No. Talk to you about it. So I wore the crop shirt for the bike event, the first bike event, and I wore it for the speed skill medley. And after the speed skill, they came, the athlete relations came up to me after the event when I was like cooling down and they were like, did you cut all your shirts and kind of set it in like a stern voice? Mm-hmm. I was like, nope, just the one for now. Um, and they were like, okay. And turned around and walk away, walked away. I was like, okay, I probably should keep my shirts not normal. For event. Yeah, not do that. But then the next day I came in and athlete relations came up to me and they were like, what, no crop top today? Oh, I was like, well, there's my green light. So <laughs> we went back and we cut just one other one. So I think I had four t-shirts and we cut two of them. Um, and I just cycled through those two the last for the rest of the weekend, basically. Yeah, cool. I so always wonder about that. A little behind the scenes of the Clydesdale world is that Kat likes to cut up all of the shirts we get for our media team. Yeah. And so she has like the, uh, it looks like a pizza cutter. Nice. To, to cut to yeah. cut shirts. And for she's fabric. like on the yeah. floor cutting everybody's shirts, sleeves off, cross top. For sure. That. So. Yeah, we just used a pair of scissors that were in the lobby. We just, at lobby of the hotel we were staying at. We just ran down and grabbed some. Yeah, Kat will have to send you the, the tool because you just really awesome. just roll it across like a pizza cutter. Hey, crazy. I'll take it. Make things easier. You don't get the little, the little tiny, like, little arrow, you know, jagged, yeah. and everything. No jagged edges. Yeah. No jagged edges. I mean, that could make some part to the authentic part of it, though. True. Yeah. Depends on what you're yeah. going for. Yeah, for sure. So, Amy wants to know what hair products do you use wow. to get the Simbro- syndrome hairstyle? Syndrome, Incredibles. That's good. <laughs> I just use Axe, just paste, dry look stuff for my hair. Basically, just throw it in my hands and just shake my hair around in the morning and good to go. Becomes a disaster no throughout fuss, the day no anyway. Muss. Huh? No fuss, no muss. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so um, I have a couple questions about the games, and then I, then I want to kind of go back in history a little bit. But other than the two events you won, what was your favorite event? Yeah, definitely biased on the two that I – those two. <laughs> um, I would say – I'd say the event that I was most proud of myself was the sled push and clean and jerk workout. For like a personal win, normally I'm not so good at sled pushing or, I mean, comparatively to the rest of the field, as we may have saw at Granite Games. Um, That workout just destroyed me with that sled push. Um, But I've been working on it a lot, so I'd say that one was pretty exciting. Unfortunately, they had to take out those rope climbs, but that ultimately would have been the best event of the weekend, I think, overall. Yeah, I um, then I ask. I wanted to ask you what you're most proud of. Your most proud event. Yeah. Which may be what you just said. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Just for a personal win, not necessarily like my placing or anything like that. I think I took 13th in that event. Again, it was just a a confidence boost. Again, to take top 15 in a CrossFit workout with a little bit of sled pushing and grunt work. So. Yeah. yeah. We should we should clarify though that the sled push at the games is very different than the torque tank. 
would you say? Well, I think, yeah. Oh, did you have a sled? Did you have a sled at Granite, or did you have a torque tank? We had the torque tank the first year. The flip sled. Okay. I also didn't like that one. And then the flip sled was this year, and yep, didn't like that either. <laughs> that nobody flipped, right? Yeah, yeah nobody I'm flipped. Confused and, about that. Yeah, and then we had the alpaca at the games. Right. So. Yeah, I love sled pushing. Yeah, but I'm a big guy, so that's just <laughs> what I like doing. Um, I'm the little then, guy in the field, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> what is the one event that you feel you can improve on the most? The swimming, for sure. And really, yeah, I I did not do very good in the swim, and um, just notorious for not being the best swimmer. I don't skip it in training. I'm just not the fastest. Um, over this last year, I've as soon as Granite Games was over, I was like, okay. I'm going to get comfortable in open water. So my focus was all this summer was getting out once or twice a week and just get comfortable in the open water. Like I've never worn goggles in any of the events that I've competed for like Granite Games in the past or Wadapalooza. I just never wore goggles in the water because it would make me freak out if I opened my eyes and I couldn't see anything. And basically got comfortable with that and stayed out of the pool for a little bit. And yeah, just going into the games, all of a sudden I put in a, pool workout that has a 50 meter swim um so it had nothing to do with distance and i think just my mindset going into that event i was like oh here we go swimming like i don't know if i'm going to make it out of even the imam part with of the swim with the skier and basically the warm-up everything that could have gone wrong went wrong my goggles were filling up i was bumping into people on the swim i just couldn't get comfortable and my coach just basically told me to shut up, quit complaining, and just go out and do my best. So, um, yeah, and then after the event, I looked back, and it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought I was going to do in it, and I definitely think that there was more to give in that event. So, um, yeah, I'd say biggest improvement is going to be swimming over this next year. So Charlie wants to know, did you rip any chubbies on any of the events, Thigh Guy Summer? They didn't let me wear chubbies. We had to wear the noble shorts. But no, those chubbies, they don't rip. They're good. They're solid. Charlie, that question makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> why is that? I don't know. It just, it's the word chubbies. That's all. I know why. It sounded inappropriate. That's why. Yeah. Yes, it did. Yes, thank you. Bye, guys. Mm -hmm. so you mentioned your coach. You're a, you're a proven athlete. Mm -hmm. uh, who is your coach at the games? My coach is Matt Burke. Um, I'm not sure if you guys know who he is. If you guys know the athlete, Nicole Burke, it's her husband. Um, basically I just, we went down there. I've been down to Tennessee to train with the proven team quite a bit over the last year and just kind of developed a relationship with him. And he's somebody that unlike other people in the past, I listen to, like, I respect his coaching. Um, when he tells me something, like I actually listen to it and we talk and have great communication and, um, it just ended up being really great. He came up for Granite Games, uh, basically stayed at my house, coached me through everything, ran me through every warm-up, made sure I was eating, made sure I was sleeping right, and relaxing when I need to, and focusing when I needed to. And it just turned out to be a really good coaching relationship and great friend. And, yeah, it's been awesome working with him. So, Coach Matthew. Yes. Being a coach myself, I know that sometimes coaches are, like, the worst athletes, like listening to their coach. I mean, 
Um, so tell me how you find that balance of like turning off what you know as a coach and listening to someone else tell you what to do. Um, I mean, I'd say it's not uncommon to say that that's hard, mm-hmm. especially when I feel like I have a lot of answers for like the members and things like that at my gym. But it's also a part of like leading by example. Like, what am I going to tell a member if they come up and they fight with me about not wanting to be coached or feeling like they're at a great spot that they don't need coaching. So if I can show that even I need coaching, which I do, um, then it can kind of transfer onto them and give them a different outlook going forward with their own health and fitness. How often are you able to pop into class? I'm going to be doing that a lot more over this year, but um, I've, I've popped into a good amount, maybe couple every couple weeks just hopping in um they do all the same programming that i do in okay. terms of my competitor the the proven compete track and um we just it's it's good because one thing i've learned throughout the process is just if it's going to work for me it'll work for other people so why give them something different if what I'm doing is working and what they're watching me do on Instagram and Facebook and in the gym when they're in there and what I'm doing open gym. So we just, yeah, we kind of all do the same thing and we have fun. And if I got extra pieces that I have throughout the day, a lot of times they'll hop in with me in open gym and we'll do that. Um, We've started this new thing a 40 minute EMOM Fridays. So we make a nice little 40 minute EMOM of workout every Friday and we have like eight or nine people at open gym that hop in and we just kind of cycle through stations and, yeah, just makes it for better community and environment just in general when you're here in the gym. So you have many different roles, your dad, your coach, your competitive athlete. Um, tell us like what, what a day, now that you're out of kind of games training, right? You're off season, like what is a regular, okay, now we're, we're full in. I'm in, we're in games training again. <laughs> Take us through a day in the life of, of Coach Nick. Uh, so, day in life, oh man. Um, well, start, wake up. Okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to preface this with try to wake up. Hmm. Anywhere from like 7 to 8 p.m. Some days I'm a little bit more tired, so I wake, I sleep a little bit longer than that. Um, or 8 a.m. Not okay, p.m. I was going to say p.m. Okay, we're doing the third shift. Yeah, I'm, I'm over. I'm over <laughs> nice. No, um, 8 a.m. We get up, sit and eat breakfast, watch a Disney movie with the kiddo every morning. Um, right now we're currently on Ice Age. We're just kind of working through all the movies. Oh, yeah, and um, it's just kind of like our relaxed time, our hangout time, our bonding time, and then I drive her to preschool or daycare or my mom's or whatever, wherever she's going for the day. Um, after that, I head to the gym. Some days I have chiro, uh, chiro appointments. Some days I go to cryotherapy, um, and then I usually start working out. Again, try, preference with try. Anywhere from like 9.30 to like 10.30, somewhere in that range. And I'll do my first session until noon. When noon comes, we have a noon class that comes in and we have no open gym overlapping classes. Don't have the biggest facility in the world, but so it makes it easier that way. Um, Sometimes I'll jump into noon class. Sometimes uh, I'll just do my head coach GM work throughout that time from noon until about 3 o'clock. From 3 until 4 is usually open gym, so we'll... I'll grab a couple people and we'll do a wad and a couple pieces and try to jam pack that hour. And then I coach from four until seven, seven thirty at night. 
at least three or four days throughout the week. And then close up, clean the gym, make sure everything's all organized and stuff, head home. And then I'll usually work out in my garage from like nine till 10 and then eat food, stretch, go to bed by 11 and do it all again the next day. So forgive me. I lost, I lost my headphones for a brief moment uh, during this interview. Um, but your IG handle is coach Nick, but you're an athlete. Which do you define identify with more being a coach or being an athlete? Um, well, coaching pays the bills right now. So, I mean, I would say, I'd say I'm equally into both. Um, I've been doing this for six, almost seven years now and kind of found my routine. And I think coaching gives me structure to my days. So I don't let my days kind of waste by if I wasn't doing anything. So, um, it forces me to like work fast, get the things that I need to get in done. Um, and just keeps me kind of on task and structured ultimately so how did you get to coaching like what was your did you study exercise science or did you have any of that kind of background or were you just like this is kind of what i've fallen in love with and this is what i want to do nope so yeah i started a personal training 10 years ago uh just jumped into i worked at a global gym fitness 19 right at right out of high school and was kind of just a sales guy turned into personal training after maybe six months of being there, um, developed personal training experience and knowledge over the next three, four years there, and then moved on and kind of built my own business and basically freelance train in other gyms for a couple years. And then I opened up my own studio um, where I did, uh, I had a nutrition bar, so we did smoothies. I did a, it was a personal training studio as well. I had other coaches and stuff working with me there. We did that for three years and then COVID hit. COVID hit. I sold that place. And right around the same time, the owner of the gym that I'm at now called me and said that they were in need of a general manager. And basically, I just pushed all the all the eggs in one basket and was like, okay, I'm going to work in a CrossFit gym. I'm going to compete in CrossFit. I'm going to do all of it in the same place instead of hopping around to all kinds of different places. Because um, I had a lot of travel time. Because I'd be at my studio and then I would drive to the CrossFit gym to work out, and then I'd drive back to my studio, and it was just not efficient. Um, and then, yeah, I just kind of took over here. I'm going to be an owner probably by the end of the year um, and just keep the ball rolling here. So coaching has been something I've been doing for 10 years now. So, What's the name of your affiliate? CrossFit Minnetonka. Yep. So if you're ever in Minneapolis... It's only like 10 minutes north or west, something like that. Um, I'm sorry. All I can think of is the Prince Purple Rain movie and Lake Minnetonka, but um, <laughs> it's referenced It's referenced in an old 80s movie Prince. that starred Prince. Okay. We're old, Nick. Um, yeah, we're we're old. masters athletes on this podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think I maybe know one Prince song. Oh, my. Okay, but have you seen Top Gun? No, I've I've seen the old one. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Like, maybe not sat down and straight through, but I get the gist of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Frozen one or Frozen Amy. two with your daughter? What's Frozen Frozen one. Gotta go, OG. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Our listener Lee says Frozen two for sure. Yeah. Have you hit? Uh, have you got to Finding Nemo yet? 
Yep, I already remember that. Oh, and my yeah, rule is once we watch the movie, we can't go back because she has a tendency to want to watch things oh. over and over and over, like Encanto. And I'm like, no, we're calling it one and we're moving on. But Encanto is good, though. It is good. It is good for They're sure. They're all good. They're all yeah. good. You're right. They are. Ice right. Age is good. Yeah. There's, there's lots of Ice Ages to get through, though. Exactly. <laughs> Just got to tell a Toy Story, one through whatever. And yeah, now. So, yeah. It's fun. It's good. It's our bonding time, so. How old is she? She just turned five. Have you been to Disney yet? Five. We're going in October. <gasps> Perfect. Yep. Yep. Going just a couple months. Perfect age. Drop into some gyms down there too while I'm there. Uh, yeah, yeah, CrossFit Mousetrap. I've been. Uh, I've dropped in there a couple times. Okay. Yeah. I'll put it on the list. And the guy, uh, the owner, was from Ohio, and we're from Ohio. Most of us. Cool. Speakers, Perfect. So that was cool. For sure. I've lost total track of where we were. <laughs> All right. I want to know what you what did you do after, right after the games, Nick? What did I do right after the games? Yeah, like the last few weeks. Like you, I know you said games training starting. Like it didn't start Monday, right? You took hopefully you took a few days off. A few, a couple. Yeah, I took like maybe like three or four days off just to like get back in the swing of work and mm -hmm. make sure that the gym was taken care of cover shifts for other people that needed it since they took all my shifts while I was gone, um, answered emails and got appointments and all that stuff on the books for new people coming to the gym, intros and on-ramps and all that stuff. Because um, the owner's actually out of town as well. So um, <laughs> took on all that stuff when I got back. Probably Friday, Thursday, Friday, last week is when I really started like getting back into working up or last week, two weeks ago. Um yeah, and just got back into the rhythm. Didn't do anything too crazy. Like, I would say this week was is the most intense week that I'm going to have. But, yeah, I definitely started working out again right away. Elise says she saw so, you dancing or singing at some point in time yep. the last week and a half. Yep, made it to the Instagram with some uh, some dance moves post-snatching. Some fun stuff. Are you, uh, are you courting any sponsors right now? No sponsors as of this moment. I've talked to a couple people right now and just got an agent so that we can start to work on that like as things are coming through. But nice. as of right now, nope. Coaching still pays the bills, not fitnessing yet. Sure. The agent will help with that, though. That's yeah, good. for sure. When, with the crowd of people you had at the games, what was the party like on Sunday night? Um, well, actually, a lot of people that were there – had to go back because they had to work their jobs on Monday and stuff like that. So, and plus the award ceremony and stuff took a, took a while to get through. So after the event, they, I mean, a lot of people kind of start making their way out of the facility instead of staying for the entire thing. Um, but that after party was awesome. Yeah. After, after party was great. The cross, the one that cross would put on, that was good. Would how you did it compare do, to? Um, sorry, how did it compare to some of the old Granite Games after parties? Because those are pretty wild too. Um, I don't think I've been to really many <laughs> after parties. Uh huh. So you like, been to a Granite Games after party? Uh uh. Twenty nineteen. Uh uh. Nope. Oh my god. So okay, so I didn't. I got all my drinking and partying and all that stuff basically out of my system before I even turned twenty one. Um. So basically from 21 on until where I'm at now, there hasn't been any alcohol, any parties, any going to bars or, I mean, I don't drink a beer at dinner. I drink water, stuff like that. And then last year at Wadapalooza, we had a great, we had a big turnout of people that came from up here down there too. And 
they like to get a little wild on the weekends and stuff like that. So I made an exception at Wadapalooza because we were all down there. It was Miami. It was just having a good time. And then that exception turned into an exception at the CrossFit Games as well. So Got it. So yeah. maybe well, you have to, to, in the future. Yeah, just to be clear to our audience, I think they all know that they know me. They know I have like a glass of wine maybe three times a year. So I am not a big partier either. But I was a judge at the Granite Games in 2019, and it was like – one of those rites of passage where you have to go to the after party. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it was it was more to observe. I felt like I was literally in a zoo observing CrossFit Games athletes just drunk off their asses. It was kind of funny For you sure. know, to see them sort of let their hair down and, and do what they did. So that's kind of why I assume maybe you were there. But Yep, that was exactly what happened at the CrossFit after party. <laughs> I just like the idea of a dance party. Like, that's what I like about it. Not not necessarily yeah. the drinking part. I just want to sure. get down. Sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> All right. Okay, um, so things have changed dramatically, I'm sure, for you since the games with your social media. You're probably getting a lot more attention, a lot more podcasts are calling, um, all of that kind of stuff. How do you keep that in balance moving forward and still be the great dad, the great coach, and the great athlete that you're becoming? Um, I would say just it comes down to that routine. Like, Nothing, I'm not going to let anything interrupt mine and my daughter's time in the morning. I'm not going to let anything interrupt my workout time. So like times like this where it's, I don't have as much GM work to do or kind of areas like that, just kind of fitting them in when we can and going from there, even if they have to be scheduled out a bit, but scheduling routine is pretty, pretty important to me. So yeah, I don't want to screw anything like that up because then it gets just, it's just a cluster after that. That is just madness. Nick, do you have any off-season plans? Um, Competing-wise? I want to do Rogue. So that's the big one right now. Um, I'm assuming I'm not getting an invite. So I got to do the qualifier coming up here this weekend. So that'll be fine. Um, Wadapalooza for sure. Never going to miss Wadapalooza. Will um, you do it that individually or will you like go for fun on a team? Individually, individual. I think I think for the ultimate goal of winning the CrossFit Games, it's it's just better to get more experience going individual at this stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And I tried the whole team thing when I first did CrossFit, and I don't like that as much. <laughs> oh. okay. I, like, I like the individual sports. I, I think I know the answer to this, but with everything that's happened in evaluating kind of your performance over this year, any changes to your training? Or anything coming up this year? Mm, not too much changes. It's just kind of, I think this year just proved that the process is working and to just keep trusting it and keep going after it. And um, obviously there's a lot of things to work on. There's a lot of different areas of just that can be better just in general. So I say just getting even more of a kind of obsessive mindset when it comes to training and making sure that I get all my pieces in, making sure that, um, my nutrition's tight, my sleep schedule is okay, and not just kind of saying, eh, it's fine. Whereas in, in the past years, there's been some of that. So some inconsistencies, I would say. So yeah, just crossing the T's, dotting the I's, staying dialed in. What is your athletic background that makes that gives you the pre, pre, predisposition to be good at the CrossFit? Um, I started the first sports I got into was baseball. 
then I got into football after that, and towards the end of middle school, going into high school, I was into wrestling. Um, and by far, I think wrestling was my favorite sport just because it was more of a – and throughout this whole time, I always had, like, weightlifting in the background of that. Like, middle school, like, sixth grade is when I picked up weights for the first time, and that's been, like, a constant my entire life. Like, I've always been in the gym outside of sports. Um, and I think that it was it was always just you versus you. It's, like, that's what I like about individual competition. It's the work you're going to get – you're going to put in while nobody else is looking is what's going to – everybody's going to see when it comes to game day. Wrestling was notorious for that when, like, you either prepared for the match or you're going to get – your ass kicked. Sorry if my language, but that's, that's basically it. Yeah. And I think just with CrossFit, it keeps me tied in that way. Like Every wrestler that we've had on has said that what it does for, for them is you have to be comfortable in uncomfortable positions. Have to be, sorry, you kind of blurted out a little bit on that last so you need to be un, you need to be comfortable in uncomfortable positions when wrestling. Mm-hmm. You're never in a comfortable position during a match. For sure. And that that allows you to embrace the suck, the pain, the pain cave, whatever they they call that. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you relate to? Uh yeah, I mean, you give it hell like you signed up for it, like you decided to do it. It's it'll be done eventually. You just have to get through it. That's kind of like what wrestling practices were all about uh, back in the day. It was, I mean, hour and a half, two-hour practices after school every day to showing up on Thanksgiving morning to get six-mile runs in with the team or coaches' practices before school. It was like, you signed up for it. Like, you're either going to do it or you're just going to quit. And, yeah, just makes you more mentally tough and disciplined and consistent. And I feel like all that just helps in just life in general. Do you have um, a mentor or somebody that you look to for guidance, um, whether that's spiritually, whether that's, you know, professionally or just as a friend? Um, In terms of like mindset stuff or? Sure. Yeah. Or just, yeah. Just is there somebody like a coach or somebody you look up to and kind of guides you? Nothing too specific. Um, Part of like my business over the last 10 years was a lot of personal development. So listening to different speakers and going to different events that help work on that mindset and like learning how to flip that script. And I think that stuff is pretty like reading books and stuff. I feel like all that's pretty embedded into my brain. So um, it makes it easier to not just get discouraged during things. It makes it easier to like stay the track, even on the days that you don't feel like doing it. And I would say it's just kind of a collection of multiple different sources, books, podcasts, Mm -hmm audiobooks, speeches, everything, different speakers, just in general. And does your daughter get to watch you work out at the gym or watch you get to? Yeah, we got a whole home gym set up too. She's in sports herself, swimming and gymnastics. And she absolutely, she's grown up in it. Like I was a stay at home daddy, basically. She would just come to work with me for the three years that I owned my studio. And she would be doing burpees and helping me run my group classes and like, she knows what all the movements are. She does pistols and burpees and pull-ups and she just gets a huge kick out of all of that. She even comes in and no reps some people in the gym during class. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll definitely attest to that as well. That's so awesome. She's like, why isn't he touching his chest to the floor? <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like her. Yeah. She's, 
She's a savage. I love it. Yeah. Do you allow her to wear crop tops? No. Good. Definitely not. Good. She's got a new swimsuit that I don't approve of. I but. know. It's so hard being a parent. And there's also like, wait. Oh, sorry. I was delayed. Yeah, a little bit. What, no, what was you said, just you wait. Yeah, just yeah, for sure. It's good to hear. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Oh, we all have daughters. Yeah. You all have daughters? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Kat and I Ryan have 17 just turned 21. Yeah, seventeen and twenty-one. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. They're not girls anymore. They're nope, young women. And it's so scary. Yes. They're definitely wearing crop tops. Yeah. <laughs> they're not wearing crop tops. Like problem. <laughs> what was that, Nick, Nick? Are you um are you competitive in other ways in your life? Do you like to like play games or cards or? Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, we play games at home. Um, with the kiddo, she's extremely good at goldfish. But I don't let her win by any means in anything. Um, she does beat me fair and square sometimes, though, and I'm not a good loser when it comes to that. But, uh, like, we play old maid, and you know how, like, you're supposed to not get the old maid? If I get it in my hand, I know which card she always draws. She, like, always draws the one on the far left, so I'll always put the old maid on that one, so she takes it. So <laughs> I don't know if that's strategy or something with that. You know what? Learning how to lose is an important skill. This true. is true. I feel like I've done that a lot in my CrossFit career, though. <laughs> so you got to so win, win old maid. Win old maid. That's it. Damn it. I think my girlfriend, she's more competitive with just literally everything under the sun. Oh, more, yeah? More so than I am, for sure. Does she do CrossFit? She does. She does more local throwdowns and things like that. But, yeah, mm -hmm. she's she's pretty competitive in that. That's cool that you can all share that, though. Yeah, you definitely. Know, it makes it fun. Makes it fun, and then Corey growing up in that as well. Right. Yeah, already knowing to eat healthy and work out, and that stuff is just its just part of daily life. Right, no different. Just yeah. normal. Yep, it's just normal. Well, Nick, this has been a blast. We want yeah. to thank you so much for jumping on with us. Awesome. Thank you. This has been great, for sure. If there's anything yeah. we can do to help you, please let us know. We're big Definitely fans. Will. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining Clydesdale Media for today's episode. If you liked what you hear, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and make sure you hit the notifier so you're the first to know when new episodes are out. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time with Clydesdale Media.